Welcome back, everybody, to a very belated uh, Be Better podcast. We are, I would say this is going to be our end of the year segment since it's been, oh, I don't know, I think it was been told a couple months since our last one, and I apologize for that. But we are back in the uh, Final K World headquarters here, um, and I read a little something about how to be big in social media. Basically, it's not who you are, but who you tag. So today I decided to bring in two of my friends from the podcasting world, and I've actually been a guest on their podcast before. So um, up here in the Playhouse, we have Aaron and Devin from the Cycling Dads podcast. Welcome, boys. How are you? A happy belated be better to you as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing great, Chris. Chris, I, I do have to say real quick, the situation with your feet. I need one of those, whatever that is. This is a, it's a uh, foot warmer that's, uh, I got from Target, and it is the number one thing that all Minnesotans need in the summertime, or in the wintertime. Absolutely. Because my feet get cold. Yeah. My toes get cold. And for me, my toes get cold, and then they bruise, and then I'm basically screwed for all winter. (laughs) You you ever get bruised toes? No. (laughs) Okay, so this might be like, so I grew up playing hockey um, outside. Like sitting in snowbanks, you know, like you just had like zero circulation in between periods. Your mom's pouring, pour, you know, uh, hot chocolate down your throat. Your dad's rubbing your toes like the skin's going to come off it or something. And basically, I've just destroyed all the extremities I have. I, whether it's frostbite, I don't know. They haven't been amputated, but they get cold immediately. And there are medical terms for this, but I'm not going to claim any, any sort of disability there. It's Bruce, nice for the listener to hear stories of a really different era on this podcast. Oh. A different time. A different time. So this would have been the 50s, Chris, or what? <laughs> You're so funny. What, what was it like when you were born in 1999? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, this was this was the glory days of the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. I mean, back when pop, pop culture was, like, at its pinnacle. You think about what, like... Nobody throws 90s parties. Nobody throws 2000 parties. They throw 80s parties. No, no, no. They are now. The Xenials are throwing 90s parties now, but that's just because they don't know any better. They just don't know. They just don't know any better. No. My wife's uh, work is going to actually have a Studio 54 party, so I'm guessing that's like late 70s drug-induced mm, wow. disco haze. Yeah. So basically, I'm just going to go as like a, a Coke seller. Yeah, real that's quick. Be my that's a work party? That's, that's a, a work, work party. party. Yeah. Okay. What does she do for She's work? a consultant. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all good work. It's good work if you can get it, right? No. It's a different world. Oh, yeah. No, my wife is the best thing that's ever happened to me because um, she allowed me to retire from my day job when I was a cop. Yeah. And now I can do this where I basically make coffee, play around, and sit with my friends and pet a dog. I am in the wrong lifestyle. No, Devin's a, Devin's a protege of mine. Yep. He doesn't have a real job either. I learned he, this. I learned this. I knew this. Chris in college. I figured this out. Oh yeah, Devin's been my. I've mentored Devin along the way so much. Okay, he coached me straight into being a stay-at-home dad. I have. Oh, also, <laughs> Devin, I do have to say that this does not constitute you co-hosting an episode. You are a guest on this episode. Well, and I want to thank you for allowing me to invite myself on once again, and to bring to bring my own co-host. So we are not, I, think I may host. not be your co-host, but we are the co-hosts of think, this podcast. I think I'm the host of the Cycling Guest podcast. We're the guest co-host. You're also a host. We're both guests and co-hosts. Are you a featured, a featured guest? Would you be like, if it was a very special full house, would you be the person that they're bringing on? No, Chris, no, Chris you're the featured host. <laughs> he would be the guy that, like, you know, his back is turned to the camera. He turns around, and everyone in the audience goes crazy, and then you're just watching it going, who is that guy? Who is that? 
Who's John Stamos? I know I know the name from somewhere. Oh, he's the guy that sells the yogurt. That's who it is. Chris, did you introduce us yet? I did. Okay. That's how we went down the road. You weren't listening, paying attention? No. Were you hyper focused on your own promotion? Did you mention our podcast, the, I, the I Cycling Dads podcast? I did, but I would like to notice that note that we are four minutes and twenty seconds into this and Devin has not yet dropped. Devin Palmer Remax results. Exactly. There so is. let's just get it out of the way because it's going to happen about 12, 15 more times here today. There um, it is. I don't apologize for having a passion for serving my clients. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. i got to lift my feet up because it's getting deep. It's getting deep in here. You kind of have a passion for serving people who aren't your clients, myself included. Yeah. Well, I have a very interesting, like, uh, Three's Company Realtor situation going on right now where Devin is inserting himself into a previous relationship Uh-oh. with... My wife's realtor, who I think by marriage is now my realtor. Incorrect. Okay. That so, person that person has no standing. I am your realtor. I am Leslie's realtor. So if we there is only one. If we are looking at that threes company, um, like I would say analogy, would he be like a Mr. Roper? Is he a Jack Tripper? Is he like Chrissy? Who like who does he actually play in that analogy, would you say? Chris, I was born in 1988, so I don't actually know. <laughs> so you're dropping things that you, you – oh, I get you. Okay. I, I'm, okay, so my generation, millennial, right, yep. straight up, everything's pop referenced. I don't have time to, like, wiki all of it. You don't understand it. You just you just drop it. I'm yeah. just, it's just out there. You're like the kid that goes and gets the Nirvana shirt from Target. But has no idea that I'm not that kid, was. Chris. That's my generation. <laughs> <laughs> I I have gotten to the point where I have recognized that I bought the shirts that are now like as a classic remixes. I bought them when they first came out. That Nirvana shirt where it's the the happy weird face with the X eyes. I bought. Have you seen that one? That they sell now as a retro quote unquote retro shirt at Target. I bought that shirt when it first came out at Electric Fetus in St. Cloud when Nirvana first came out. Oof. In the summer of ninety, no, in the well, it's the winter of ninety one. That is some cred. That's some clout. I had that. Now, I, that, now I just there. go around and look at like little twelve and thirteen year olds. You go, did you know what they actually did? Do you know who they were? Like, no, you don't. And of course, they cropped it because they're always cropping. Oh, right? yeah, crop or tie yeah. or or they or worse, they kind of like shred it up so it looks like you know like it's a spring break shirt. No full length shirts. This is perhaps the most nuanced cultural dissection of generational differences I've ever heard. It goes deep. <laughs> I could keep going. Yeah. I, as a millennial, am now hiring Xenials, and it is uh, it is weird being the quote-unquote old man oh, yeah. in the office. It's terrible. Yeah, it's absolutely the worst. I'm, I'm well-versed in TikTok and all, what's, what's up on the TikToks, and they're funny. <laughs> they're funny. But I, I don't get them on a deeper level. But I use that. I pepper it in in conversation. Oh, yeah. To connect with my employees. It, it's, it's, in, in, in the coaching world, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I go, I, go to a, like, I go to a clinic. I coached a camp a couple weeks back down in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And everybody was younger than me. I mean, they're like one kid turned 21 while we were there. Oh. And just trying to relate to, like, just to them, it, it's, it's tough. So I have to really, I have to crack out a lot of the, you know, social tie-ins, the pop culture tie-ins. That's like, that's just where I'm at. And if I don't, then I become a relevant, relevant old man. Yeah. Yep. And Culturally, I, I feel like you are big in the peak Will Ferrell era, you know, the stepbrothers kind of an era. Mm -hmm. And that's almost like 15 years ago now. Thanks, Devin. 
Because I remember you had one of your whole relationships, your whole friendship with Dan. The basis of it was just saying stepbrothers quotes back and forth. There was a point in time when my two original business partners and I could talk in movie quotes. That's all we could do. And that's really all, yeah. It really was. We would just say movie quotes. It was like, we did a, we did our level two clinic at the Olympic, or the OPT, or OTPC, Olympic uh, Para Training, uh, Training Center. And after like two days, we reverted to only movie quotes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No original content. It was just, just every situation kind of brought out some movie quote that was, that was relevant. That's kind of, I would say that my version of that now is that I have clients that I only talk to in gifts. Just gifts back and forth. Just gifts back and forth. I added a T to that word. I was very confused for a moment and thought that was going to get kind of expensive. But okay. Oh, no. Do, do, were you expecting me to say GIF? Because I refuse no, no, no. to call them no, no. GIFs. No, yeah. No, GIF, GIF is clearly wrong. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, GIF is a peanut butter, and it's yes. clearly spelled J-I-F. Yes. Okay? No. Yes. It is, it is GIF. It is GIF. It is GIF. GIF. GIF sending is a thing yep. in our circles. But you have to know the GIF. Like, you have to have a repertoire of deep gifts in your brain to know what you're going to say. It's like trying to speak a language without knowing what the language is. You have to understand the words that you're going to articulate. You have to understand the vocabulary of the gift before you can go deep into it. So if you wanted to, you know, you can't just kind of keep sending out, that's what she says. Like You have to like yeah. think, okay, I know what I'm going to go for here. I'm going to go for a Maui from Moana mm-hmm. quote here. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Like that's where you're going to go to. Today, uh, I was actually uh, doing one of those GIF conversations, and my brother and I, who are on a group chat with one of our guests, Ryan, uh, uh, for the purpose of gaming, which is something Devin does not do. No why interest. He is, no. Why, why he is not on there. But anyways, <laughs> we were uh, uh, lamenting the fact that one of the more recent releases had broken my brother's heart, and that immediately led into the only GIF you can send at that point, which is sad country music singer. Oh, Jeff, yeah. Right? But we sent... The exact same type of gift at the exact same time, oh. leading to exactly what you're talking about, which is you. We have that the you, same cultural bu- upbringing, the same background, the same gifts. You're, in, you're right there. there. You guys are two peas. You guys are peas and carrots. Yep. And to put it in a Forrest Gump, we still get we still get mistaken for twins, even though we're really twins. yeah. But you're not twins. Oh no. Age separation is. I'm 16 months older than my brother. Wow. And you but do have he, the same haircut. We. We do have the same haircut. By choice? Uh, him by choice. He has hair. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know why he why he has gone the full, uh, uh, you know, Joe I have. But, yeah, this full Joe Rogan. But <laughs> he's... I could go so deep in hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, he's uh, still still the still the twin thing. We were, we were out at a, a game the other day, and, and people were like, you just twins since then. No. Now, Chris, can we get to the topic that yeah, brought us all together? Oh, yeah. So I've got I've got some a some end of the year questions that I am posing to you guys that we'd like to talk about. Well, let's put a pause on those quick, so we can dive right Wait into. Wait a second. You just yeah. How how are you driving? No, you don't get to drive the truck. On you just well, let's just throw the truck. In the I am not, no, I, I am not the elderly person in the back of the bus here. You're you very bad at that. Well, don't try and age roll me over, okay? I'm going to rick roll you back, bro. Chris, the reason we're here today is to invite <laughs> you and the Be Better podcast to join the Cycling Dads Podcast Network. Okay. That is not what we talked about. That is not what we're doing. We're, we're, you guys are here as guests. And you guys, this is a tit for tat. You guys no, have this is, a, this is 
mergers and acquisitions is right now. We're bringing you under the umbrella. Is so this you, Succession? Did I just yeah. on an episode of Succession? This is power plays. This is big moves. Literally, Aaron, before you walked in, I was, I was, I was mansplaining to Devin exactly how large corporations buy little, little companies and don't try and develop things, and how my original, or my second company, was basically was was a, an example of that how they bought a company instead of trying to build it up they just bought one yep. rolled it figured out if it was going to work or not and then you know then kept on going and so the juggernaut that is UHC did not necessarily need uh, SCS multisport but they they came you know came took us built us up big and then shat us out the backside and I was actually the beneficiary of that but and Chris that's, that's what we're here to do today you're gonna you're gonna cobble me up yeah I don't think that's all I don't think that's gonna work at all. This, yeah, this is this is this is Devin walking into a gunfight with a with a with a pocket knife. We can listen. We'll talk about signing bonuses off. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can, first of all, what you have to do is you have to agree to buy 500 copies of my book at full retail price from okay. me, not Amazon, and then we can talk. Do you okay? So you okay, and then I, then I will agree that you can sell my house in 15 years when okay. my kids move. I'll sign the contract on that right now. You could sell so this house. 15-year listing agreement. Exactly. 15 years, you will be able to sell my house. Well, now that we've discussed the acquisition, why don't you go ahead with your topics? <laughs> my topic with a piece of paper in my hand. That's called a that's called a pipeline, Devin. That's yeah, your 15-year. Yeah. <laughs> no. just I'm his retirement plan. <laughs> um, so, boys, you are your cyclist. You that that's your niche. You aren't uh, well. Devin used to be a triathlete, so that he's but I say used to be not not so much anymore. Um, but you guys still, you guys still bike a lot and that is really cool. I do as well. Um, my biking has changed over the years. Um, but one thing I really do try and keep up with, and I, I know you guys do as well, is some of the innovations in the cycling industry. Mm-hmm. And every year there's kind of, you know, we used to, and they, they don't have it anymore. Um, you know, where you, you would go to, you know, big cycling conferences, you know, um, like what was the big one in Vegas? That was always the Interbike. Interbike. Yeah. Did you guys ever go to Interbike? Oh Yeah. When we went together one year in 2016, you did. That was the year I was. Uh, we were we were displaying for my company Podiumware, and um, Devin was there and uh, introduced himself in a inappropriate way, and wow, still yeah. has left an impression on my boss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. there buying everything that wasn't glued down. Yeah, well, just taking basically. No, the, well, the racery that was our whole business model is find the leftovers at the back of shops at the back of the warehouse for these yeah. bike brands and gobble it up. That was, yeah, definitely. You were like Pac-Man on the backside there. Yeah. And Aaron kept offering me espressos and I graciously accepted. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, I loved Interbike. It was like the best place. They had the best happy hours. I remember playing foosball in the, uh, in the cliff bar house. Oh yeah. You know, and they had like, they had beer, they had a DJ. It was like, it was, it was the best. Um, so, but that doesn't happen anymore. We don't nope. get to see that, you know, like Velo News isn't like having the top things that are coming out every year. It seems like, like, you know, things are kind of going the way of the dinosaur, not like me, but you know, people that are older than me. And I'm wondering for you guys in 2021, which is obviously an odd year because of supply chain coming back into reality after COVID, what is the number one innovation in cycling for each of you that you found this year that mm. kind of turned your crank? Hmm. I, I'll go first. Hey, Aaron, why don't you go first? Hey, Devin, I'm going to go first on this one. Uh, you know, I really think it's it's less of like a straight up innovation and more of a like a, a cost of entry barrier. Barrier entry is getting really low on this, and it is the thing that I harp on all the time on the Cycling Gods podcast, which is virtual racing, virtual cycling. 
Okay. Um, 2019, 20, you know, was a, was a pretty good year. 2020 obviously supercharged it. You know, all of a sudden, everyone's taking this, you know, Zwift thing seriously. Um, and it has become, you know, I, I think there's, there's, there's a very good chance in the next five years you're going to see legit, you know, race series where people are watching that and getting into it. So I think, I think that as the price of a smart trainer goes down, and it's, I think the cheapest one right now, you can get one for 350 400 it's not a wahoo but you know it's pretty dang cheap yeah um yeah i think i think that's going to be the big thing so did you follow the virtual tour de france i i did what was more interesting to me was they did a series of crits with mm -hmm. the uh, uh legion of la yeah. uh, criterion team um and that was more interesting because there was there was like a story there, there were, you know there were villains and there were good guys and like that's the thing that i think makes the tour so interesting yeah. And that's the thing that isn't necessarily translating from the real tour to the virtual tour yet. It's more just like, oh, I'm really strong and I'm going to win this stage and, you know, screw all y'all. So do you think that that's actually going to be able to roll over to get a, like, I would say a common market? Because much like how someone who's not a total car nerd watches NASCAR for one, re one reason and one reason only, that is... The crashless. Exactly. <laughs> Why do people watch the bike races? They watch bike races to see massive pileups and carnage. So you don't have that in the Swift in the Swift no. space. You also don't have one of the other things that is one of the main things that people watch the Tour de France for, which is the scenery. You right. think about all of the you know the, the majority of the time it's talked about like the castles and the chateaus and the towns and all the things. We don't have that. So being that I, that that the competition in and of itself will be will be exciting for a small core group. Do you mm -hmm. think that there's a way that they can? happen to the other things that brings a larger market and, and try and extrapolate that into a better, more robust virtual racing scenario? That is a great question, Chris. Um, I, first of all, I know. I, I would say that there's not really, it, it, uh, for me, what I see in the future is not so much um, kind of growing that interest outside of kind of the cycling world but rather opening up the gates as far as participation. So one of the cool things that Zwift is doing right now is you can do, they have these, um, I forget the word, Zwift Academy, right? Mm -hmm. So every year they have a Zwift Academy try, a Zwift Academy run, Zwift Academy ride. And through that period of effort, which, you know, there are tens of thousands of people participating in these events, um, they find people to, in a very real way, kind of come up and do these, you know, they actually join a professional team. That's like the end of the contract. So there's two or three racers, I forget how many exactly, uh, that are on the Canyon uh, women's team, which I know is switching this year. But the point being, I think that that participation is going to really become more interesting towards, you know, cyclists, not necessarily our level, but maybe higher. Well, Aaron, why don't I step in and tell you exactly why your answer to that question is completely wrong? Please, please do that. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> just get into it here's what i see especially due to covid peloton has exploded right yep so how many new people who weren't ever affiliated with cycling or wouldn't have understand what you were talking about if you said watts how many people are suddenly versed in pieces of our world due to peloton so they're becoming more adept to the vernacular they're they're getting tied in and how big of a jump is it from riding a peloton to racing a real crit that's a, that's a big barrier. That's a big jump. How big of a jump is it from Peloton to Zwift? Okay, I do want to just make one statement about Peloton, though. They did kill Mr. Big in the Sex and the City reboot. Peloton's Spoiler over. alert. It's hey, done. Aaron, 
Spoiler alert. <laughs> haven't this, seen it yet. This is devastating news. I think we should all take a moment of silence for Mr. Big. Let's, don't drop the mic because these are like expensive. I and, you, and I don't know if you guys saw, but in like 48 hours, Peloton came up with a basically an answer ad with Ryan Reynolds of all people. Of course, you got to check it out. It's, it's that's that's the response ad. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Because Peloton, love it or hate it. How many more people are suddenly talking about? Oh, I, I ripped my workout. I hit a new, you know, a new personal best in wattage. So it's like it's fun for me to see people online. Suddenly, they're talking my language. Yeah, and it's especially fun when it's other realtors, and their wattage is tiny compared to mine. <laughs> like, listen, your GCI is four times mine. I get that, but I can crush you in wattage. <laughs> your power to weight is so tiny. <laughs> Well, it's, it's true. I mean, I've got a we we've got a Peloton in my bedroom, my for my wife. Now that there's many reasons for that. Number one, you know, we kind of discovered Peloton when we were isolating up at our lake house over COVID, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was one. Two, she had a crash, and so she became like how I would say gun shy of the road because she had a pretty nasty um, concussion, and she loves the people. And Peloton's a great backstory. If you heard the uh, the Ira Plato, how is it made? The NPR's kind of like pod, their, their podcast, their story about how they talk about how where Peloton came from and the and how that brand came about. Listen to it because it is an incredible story that you never would have thought, and they they obviously never thought it would come that way. But how they value, um, they started valuing the product itself, and then they found that it was the personalities. So um, so I think. What virtual racing is missing right now is they're missing a Phil and Paul. They're missing a voice. They're missing a Mike Riley. They need somebody that needs to be the voice of it. I'm not saying that I could be or that I... I don't think anyone is actually saying that. I don't... You don't no, well, okay. I, I think a lot of people are talking about it. It is. It's, it's, it's on the TikTok. People it. are doing the TikToks and they're saying it. Yeah. Can they do that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Can they say that on TikTok? Yep. Okay. That's Re- the TikToking? Because I don't know how TikTok works. But I mean, my kids told me that that's what it was. I think a big component is the Chinese government spying. I know I see <laughs> politics. <laughs> that, just, that just seems to be. But, but we're bigger than the NBA. <laughs> we will dish. We will dish on China, on China. Is there a potential? And this is just me, entrepreneurial. I'm thinking: Can we somehow bring together TikTok and Swift? So I do want to just make a quick statement, speaking of The Voice. So one of the more interesting guys, um, I forget his last name, I apologize, but Nathan, he's with Vision Racing out of Wisconsin. Okay. We used to be a provider for kids for him when he was doing, you know, very much kind of like the coaching, the the rides, the, that sort of thing. He got on Zwift early, really adapted to it, and he now has like a Twitch streaming channel where he's doing the races, but he's also commenting on the races. Oh. Um, and, you know, he's a cat one dude out of Wisconsin. And he's really become, he's kind of grown with the platform and to become kind of this voice for, you know, the more nerdy people like myself, right, that are really into it. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, you're definitely right. There's room for that, like, superstardom. And, and I think uh, there's a few dudes from, like, GCN that they're really trying to kind of grab through Zwift and make into that person. But they haven't really landed on that, you know, that Phil and Paul vibe. Yeah. Right? Like where it's just iconic. They need a Mr. Beast. Yeah. You know, for in, in, for Minecraft yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, you know, maybe get yeah, they, but they definitely do that. That would that would be good. So uh so so Zwift, that that's virtual racing. That's a yeah, that's a great one. Um Devin, same same question to you. Innovation. You've had time to stew on this and 
chirp back at us your, you know, sideline thoughts. But now it's time for you to get uh, unique and tell us what you think. One of the things I took advantage of this year, as far as innovation goes, is cheap carbon wheels from China. <laughs> here's the deal. Can we discuss? Because I've really loaded up on this one. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the deal. I got two pairs, one slightly cheaper than the other. Those ones I did have an issue with. But we're, it's an interesting time because when I was coming up in triathlon, the brand name Zip owned the market. They had the fastest wheels. I rode them. I was very fast on those wheels. Some would say the fastest. Some would say the fastest. So a lot. Uh, it has been quantified by yeah, the people. People are talking about it. He was the fastest at one point. <laughs> we've got. We've come a long way. The generic brands have caught up a little bit, so there's less of a defining feature. You know, it's but our local, our local wheel manufacturer is kind of in a bit of a quandary because they don't really bring anything to the Head table. They're not the cheapest. They're not the fastest. They're not the lightest. They're not the most anything anymore. I. Sorry, that, yeah. that, we should. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with them uh-huh. to try to figure How did it that out. Go? I, 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 I think that's actually doing really well. And I have this theory about the less local cyclists hear from a local bike brand, the better that bike brand is doing. Because <laughs> yeah. if local cyclists are hearing about that bike brand and getting free stuff from that bike brand, which we all knew at a certain point had was you know kind of like the faucet, right? Yep. Back door, you get you know you see those uh, jet sixes and jet, those jet eights. I think now they're like a legit company. They're doing really well. They're doing. They're going to be on. There's a lot of bike brands. I cannot say which, but that are going to be rolling out the door next year with heavy wheels on them. And I would say that there are that that there is something to be said about to be on the forefront of innovation, especially with aerodynamics. They were the first ones to go wide. They were the ones to go kind of fat and round instead of pointed, which definitely is a aerodynamic effect for crosswind. Um, but Devin, I under, I know that you are very, uh, very proud of your, you know, your cheap, cheap China wheels. Yep. But um, in 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 your in our ride that we had earlier uh, or later this this fall. Now, did I break one of them? Did yes. You, yes, you know, I did. You know, <laughs> the the only problems we had were with Devin's wheels. Get ahead of that story there. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know that like because when I rode my head Ardennes. There was no problems. I did not have, in 300 plus miles, I did not have one flat. No, well, it's, a, <laughs> no, it, it, it's an unfortunate confluence of events. <laughs> coincidence. It's a coincidence? It's a coincidence. Or is it confluence or a coincidence? Because get your thesaurus out. <laughs> I did not say coincidence. We're not blaming coincidences here. It's a confluence of multiple events. Uh, I did get a flat from a staple, and then unfortunately I never reinflated it fully, so when I hit a rock... 40 miles later, I hit it, and I got a good enough impact to ding the, rim, ding the rim. Now, would that have happened with a different rim? I can't say. So I was worried. I certainly am worried about the quality of the product based on that experience. Yeah. Good but also, I can't. we can't necessarily blame it purely on the fact that it's cheap. Well, we could. I mean, whether it be hey. accurate or not. I mean, that's... You could. You, you do. You always blame. I blame it. You blame it, and I say confluence of events. All I can say <laughs> is my bacon was 10 minutes later than it should have been yep. in my belly because... So long story because short, I got two pairs. Carbon wheel. I got two pairs of these wheels, um, and make, mixed results. You know, yeah, I certainly saw yeah. the. I dinged one of them right away, um, but that's kind of the way it goes with carbon rims sometimes. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to, I mean, if you think about it, all these, most of these products are coming from the same five factories out of China, anyways. Much like bike brands. Yeah. You know, most people don't understand that how how it's you know how how that is done. 
outside of Zip, which does a lot of their manufacturing inside their Indianapolis facility. Got a chance to see that. Amazingly cool. And, and Head does that as well. Most of them are coming out of probably these five places. And who like the, your Envies, your you know your Visions are all just slapping their stickers on. So so to your point, Devin, you are probably writing some of the same things that it's just it's an Envy with no stickers. Yep. And um, but you know and, and, and in a supply chain issue that probably would be I, I think probably the thing you need to go to because if, if you're experiencing good you know after I would say results with it that's coolio. But yeah, Devin. How are those results? How are those, how are those results? Well, I'm riding about 90 minutes total a week. So. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And on your direct drive trainer, which doesn't even need a wheel. I shouldn't say that. No, I'm on rollers these days. Are you on rollers? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I just did 20 miles total last week. So. Yeah. I have not. I've ridden twice since I rode. So I rode to Canada here. Ooh, I did for my 50th birthday. I rode from... Uh, oh, yes, I heard about this. Yeah, I, I rode 300 plus miles over three days. That's fun. From, uh, from, from Twin Cities all the way to the Canadian border. And uh, no zero flats, by the way. Ooh, zero flats. Zero flats. Four wheels? Uh, had our dance buses. <laughs> Very nice. Um, no, it, but it was... Uh, um, that, but since then, I've only ridden twice. And one of those was on a day when my wife went for an MRI, and I was out for a ride with Devin. And she texted me that she needed to ride back, and I was not home. And I caught holy hell for it because of a very poor choice that I made on my side. Ooh. And um, and I kind of really haven't ridden much since. That's, I that's... thought about it. I play a lot of hockey. So Jill reamed you out so bad, you now have PTSD and you can't ride anymore because you're worried you're oh. going to get scolded. Yeah, I mean, the only, so the only time I've been able to ride outside of that after that was when I went to my camp and I flew my bike to Alabama. And I rode it down there. Well, you're good. You just got to start flying your bike different places. I just, I, I just have to start flying. We're not riding outside now, anyways, in Minnesota. Well, you could be. I've got my, I've got my, uh, my Otso Voitech that I've named Charlie Murphy. I used to do that. Oh, so good. I did winter cycling year round. I used to, I used to be so into cycling. I would ride a road bike in the winter. Oh, wow. And that's that's all I had. That's all I had. And I would do it. I would do, I, you know, five thousand mile years. Can't do it anymore. No. Nope. Can't. Can't. I love soap too much. Are you, did you just say five thousand mile years? Like. That was big for me. Like, that's a lot. Triathlete. <laughs> that's, that's one chain a year. There you go, man. One chain a one year. One chain a year. It's all good. Um, I'm going to chime in on this, and I'm going to say that um, it, it has just come out, but I am infatuated with the idea that Speedplay is finally committed to making a power meter pedal. Oh, thank um, you, Wahoo. Yeah, and, and first of all, I would also like to go on record as saying I never recommend athletes buy power meter pedals because it's the one thing that hits the ground when your bike falls over. Yep. Um, but the, the fact that they have finally come out with it, and have you heard, like, I remember when they first identified that they were going to do it, and they said there were going to be little kind of, like, rods that were going to go into the spindle, and, like, how they were going to, finally, they were purchased, and it's it's there. So I that's that's my big innovation, that they actually came up with something, like, something new, that triathletes can ride, so they're not forced to ride, you know, look or SPD or something like that. Can we discuss one of the funniest trends in the bike industry right now? Um, sure. I don't know. Why don't we dive into it? <laughs> what? Uh, starting a decade ago, road frames, they started separating your climbing bike and your aero bike. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the brands diverged. They had two elite level road bikes you could get. And as of now, Everyone has just merged them again. All the big brands have done it starting last year. So they made a light bike that's a little bit aero. So mm-hmm. they're doing away with the S5s, the Trek Madones, the Venges. 
I'm not just getting shut down. Thoughts? Well, I, I actually just heard a podcast talking about this. Um, ben Delaney was talking about um, the science of speed and talking about how like the, 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 the market of bike manufacturing has had got so diversified that they were, it was not cost effective for companies to have multiple products that were having minor sales, even though they had a larger, larger broad, uh, broad range of sales total for the company. So you could say Trek had 12 SKUs, and the SKU being, uh, yep. being a model. So they had 12 SKUs, and they were selling 100,000 units. It cost them more to sell 100,000 units with 12 SKUs than it was uh, than, than if they had, let's say, eight SKUs, and they were selling... Um, you know, 75% of that. They were making more money that way, so it was less. Even though they were reaching other people, they were kind of getting into the gravel. They were getting into all these little micro versions of cycling. They found out that it really wasn't making them money long term. And so now they're making crossover bikes. So you see people that are taking a gravel bike and riding on the road or just modifying tires or riding gravel bikes across. And so now you have one bike that kind of sits across the board. Yeah, that is uh, uh, basically the tagline of the bike industry's biography. We were doing it one way, and we're losing money doing it that way. Yeah. Like, that's every single story. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the same for us, too. Like, every, so, you know, we, we do custom cycling clothing. We have, uh, I think it's 62 different products. And we introduce New Jersey because people say, hey, we need you to do this. What you're, what you're doing is you're splitting your sales. Yeah. And then you're you're talking about product development costs. You're talking about, you know, differences in cost of sewing, differences in cost of fabric. Now you have to stock two fabrics. Now you have to stock, you know, whatever. It, it really does just, you're just splitting the, the pie. Yeah. And the only, I mean, the only thing you could say which might be pushing bike manufacturers to, to stay in some of those multiple production lines is the fact that the UCI mandates that if they're going to ride a, a bike, it has to be a general production model. So it's not like British time traveling where you can go out and, like, you know, homeschool, grandma, agree, whatever you want. You actually have to have, if you're going to have a, if a, if a pro team, pro tour level team wants to have a bike that's going to be a climbing bike, a, a TT bike, and let's say an aero road bike, they want to be able to have all those in the, in the available quiver to their team. Those have to be in production for the company. So Trek has to keep those up. But if Trek goes away, teams can't do that. Can't just create one-offs. It's not. It's, it's like there's 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 kind of branding rules there. So that would be the only thing that would kind of keep them in. But it is it is unique to, yep. to cycling. And also, I, I I found it unique. I found it interesting how you know you kind of saw how like like fat bikes were the new tri bikes, and now then mountain bikes were the new fat bikes, and now gravel bikes are the new mountain bikes, and everything is kind of like trying to keep up with it is crazy. Yeah. And then, then that's not even saying that, you know, electronic shifting is going to be phasing out manual shifting, especially on the Shimano side. And so, like, I've got, a, I've got manual DA by choice yep. and rim brakes. So Ooh. I'm like, I, I've got a bike that at some point in time, it, it's, going to be like as a, it's going to be like trying to get eight-speed Campanello with uh, down-tube shifters to try and get replacement. Parts. And it's only a 2016. Did you get it in 2016? Yeah, it is. Yeah. The, it is the world's best bike. Yeah, it really is. This this bike is the best bike you're. It, it fits me like a glove. Yeah, oh. I gotta see this bike. I uh, my bike right now, Chris, is a literal trash bike. Really? It is a bike that was thrown away in the trash. Well, you only have one bike. Well, the one bike that I ride. Oh, okay. I have I so I have trash bike, which I love. Yep. Which is now it's. Do you actually call it trash bike? I now I do. I, I now. Yes. You now. Okay. I do. It's yeah. rehomed. It's a rehomed. It's a rehomed bicycle. bicycle. 
Uh, trash bike. Is it uh, a rescue bike? It is a Cannondale 2010 6, right? Not even the top line carbon, like mid-range 105 carbon. Threw on some SRAM Force on it, 1x11. Uh, yeah. Love that bike. Perfect bike. Got some Jeff Wars on it. Great bike. Rim brake. Everything. I have a 2014 7 Evergreen S, which was built to order for my body. Also SRAM Force. Has the ability to go up to like 40 C tires, right? That what you're talking about, that kind of mixed your bike. Yep. Right? Amazing bike. I never ride it. Oh, that's interesting. Because trash bike, trash bike fits me like a girl. Yeah. Trash bike made me happy. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yeah, I, I um I, I have landed on this one, and the only reason that I invested in a bike when I travel, I got a um a break apart bike. Richie? Um, no. Oh no. Gunner. Uh, Gunner. Oh, yeah. I got to love that water. So I went, down to one, I went down to one-on-one. They nice. measured me. Custom-made frame. I actually rode that up Mount Lemon. Big old steel bike. Old man powers to get cookies type of storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was the best bike in the world. And then Delta changed their travel restrictions. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and one of my old clients moved to Hawaii and left their uh, soft set of bike bag here that fit my bike like a glove. And so now I can fly my, my regular bike around wherever I go without having to pay, which was, I can still duck, you know, the airline costs. And it's still better to get into a smaller car, you know, the, my brake apart bike with the s uh, And the Gunner is a beautiful bike. Love it. And it's, I've, I've ridden it here. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, it's, um, it's not my primary bike anymore. But Charlie Murphy, Charlie Murphy and I have a very intimate relationship about Charlie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Otso Voitech. That is, uh, uh, I, I know a few owners of Otso. Nice. Great. Another another wonderful, fun, local company started up by regular nerds who started building their own <laughs> stuff because that's what they wanted to do and turned it into a business. There's well, some regular nerds. Well, hold on. What stuff can we make? Podcasts. Okay. It's oh, really all we're qualified for. You just got done telling me if a bike brand is talking too much to locals. It's a bad sign. Uh, here you are. I didn't say. You here you listen, are talking you about listen closer you're cursing Otso right I, now. No, no, I'm not cursing. First of all, there are two people in this room, and that you attributed Aaron's statement to me. Aaron was the one who had said, and I talked about legitimately. That was, if you think back, what was gear, what was Kevin O'Connor's number one complaint about head cycling, and of why he would never hold them in his store, selling everything out the back door because they were they were giving one offs, they were giving blems, yep. and, and there's no reason to go to the store when they were selling them out the back door, and that was. I think Head was trying to service the local local economy, the local community, but it ended up backfiring for them. And the change in that, which Aaron was pointing to, was the fact that they have now standardized that. That, that is no longer mainly the practice. Like, they weren't selling MJets or wheels at cost. Like, I, I, all those Head wheels that I have upstairs, you know, I got those for like $75 a, um, um, a, a, a piece. And that was, like, way cheaper than I could have gotten at the store. Right? Correct, correct, correct. So, I mean, I'm right, right? Am I right here? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it really does It really does come down to that. Um, I, I think that the bike industry really gets into trouble in a lot of different ways. I've seen, I've been on all sides of kind of the industry now in my 12 years of working in it, and I've realized that every time we try to say, well, we're working with bikes, so that's why X is different. Yeah is when we're doing something wrong. 
right? Like, oh, we're working in bikes, so we can afford to, you know, we can pay our employees less because they're getting the discount, right? Yeah. That's wrong, right? Because then you're not going to be able to retain good people. You're not going to have good customer experience. You're going to have higher turnover. That's going to lead to more slippage, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But that is something that for the longest time was the thought process. Or, you know, even worse, like, oh, I'm a small shop. This is all I can afford. It's like, okay, fine. If that's all you can afford, take that money, invest that into getting more sales then before you bring on someone else. Yeah. Right? Like, that's, the, and, and I think for, for the bike industry, especially when we're talking about suppliers, that's a very easy one to fall into, which is I need exposure. Easiest way to get exposure is just give my product to someone to try it out. Yeah. And that is just a slippery slope to I can't make any sales. Well, yeah, because you flooded the par- market with super cheap product. Yeah, and, and you could probably at some time drive that narrative back. If we're using Head as an example, that the shift really did come after Steve's passing. Because Steve was, I mean, he was an innovator, he was a scientist, he was a tinkerer, and they were about putting out new product. And that was kind of their thing. Like, Steve wanted to put new stuff out there. Like, that was his deal. When he's gone, they had two basic things that they had to change. Number one, how do they stay innovative and where is that going to come from? And then two... What's the path of the company when the person who has been identified as the leader of that company is no longer here? It's like, I think what Apple had to do once, you know, Steve Jobs died. Like, how do we define, like, and that they are still kind of in a slurry as trying to find out what's their true north. When you have that, that's, that's a big thing. I think Head has come out of that, knowing Annie and, and, and Andrew and, and seeing where they're, where they're driving. I, I, I think that they are in the right direction and how they're trying to cover all these different markets, so. Devin's all smiling over here. Hey, um, I, we, I want to respect, respect you guys' this time, and so I want to ask you guys one last question each before we go. Um, what are your plans for 2022? What are the big things happening on the podcast? What, what, are, the, what are the big debts that you guys want to have oh, to man. get on to increase? Because I've got my big debts. Well, Chris, we're here in addition to acquiring your podcast. In addition to buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, are we talking about the We are proud to announce that in 2022, we have scheduled... Kanye West to come on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he is going by Yay now. I feel like that's important. <laughs> Just Yay. So you got, uh, you got Kanye coming on. No. We, no, no. Generally speaking, we definitely want to grow the podcast. Okay. Uh, we had a great event for, local event for the dads who happen to listen at Lakes and Legends just a couple weeks ago. We got a lot of guys out just to chat. So we're hoping to have minimum two events. In the year 2022, around around the club, and then um, one will be a ride. Yeah, one will be a ride, and then my goal for the Cycling Dads podcast is to hijack Aaron's Sunday morning coffee rides. <laughs> They're currently a Birchwood <laughs> ride, and just like we're acquiring your podcast, that ride will oh. be acquired by uh, the Cycling Dads. Do you guys have T-shirts? We don't. We no, don't. Have right. t- we need some t-shirts. You look, if, you, if you look right to your three o'clock, then you guys will walk with a complimentary be better be t-shirt. better podcast. I'm very t-shirt. excited. We need some t-shirts now. We need some swag. We need Aaron, some swag. do we um do we have any clothing manufacturers we know we could connect with? You know, none are coming to mind. Um, you know, I feel like <laughs> Devin I see is wearing <laughs> Devin's wearing branded socks as well. Out of respect, I am wearing special K socks. Oh, nice. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> Final case. Oh, final case. Final case. Special case is a cereal. Yeah, it's also a is very. It? It's also a, a weak wrapper from the uh, late eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I. You know, I think the. I think the events are the big thing. Um, I would. I want to be. We started out really strong with like a consistent weekly schedule, and that was awesome. It's just not 
it's super doable for us. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> it's very difficult to keep a product out there. Um, and so I, I kind of want to do, I want to stay more consistent next year and, and you know, have a better lineup of, of people to talk to. I did invite uh, one of my favorites, Ted King, on the podcast. Oh, there you go. So I would like to get Ted King on the podcast. Ted King, come great. on the podcast, you coward. Um, wow, I promise, that's not going to help. I promise not to mix up your name with Ted Leo of Ted Leo and the Pharmacist, as I have done multiple times. Or Ted Lasso. Uh, or Ted Lasso. I have also made that mistake. <laughs> so, uh, and and uh, then we also, had, I don't know if anyone's familiar with uh, uh, From Porch Dad. Uh, he's kind of an Instagram personality, TikToker. Um, he's got a whole bunch of like things. But anyways, uh, I would like to get him on as well. Just kind of like the dad humor. He has this this pretty great character. I think that would work well with. Is he like what, who's the who's the Wisconsin guy that does the mad block? He's like the Wisconsin guy, but more like dad. So, so he's like a kind of Charlie Barron style. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You betcha, guy. You betcha. Sort of like that. Yeah, well, I like so. that. It's because it's all about like, so I, I have always tried to incorporate people. I, so you guys started your podcast for a special reason. I started podcasting as a, as a way to, to document conversations that I have with cool people, people that I meet all over. Cause I've, I've, in my life, I've met people from all walks of life that I think are very, very interesting. You know, I met, you know, Melissa Stockwell and I worked with her. She was the first, you know, first person that the first woman that was given a purple heart in active in, 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 uh, in active combat. And Whoa. she's a paratriathlete. Um, she's an Olympic athlete, a paratriathlete, Olympic athlete from swimming and triathlon. Uh, just very well versed speaker. I got to talk to her for a while, and it was like just a recording. So I wanted my kids to hear that. I actually podcasted the conversation with my my ten year old son on his birthday last year, and just had Julian, and we talked for forty five minutes about That's just, awesome. just just him and I talking because he's a talker. Mm-hmm. And so maybe for you guys at some point bring in somebody who is like part of your family. And it's like just saying, you know what? Because that that was for that one for me. I said, everybody, this one's for me. Mm-hmm. You can listen if you want. You don't have to. This one's for me. And I've listened to that that episode where I talked to Julian about his birthday. It was about COVID, about how like school was impacting him. And we talked through it. And it's like you sit down and you talk with yeah. your kid. And he loved it. He loved the pageantry of like what you're seeing here. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. so that's that's been a big thing. Because I don't monetize this at all. Mm-hmm. This is all like, I've paid for those shirts and I think I've sold one, maybe. I've given away a bunch. But this is all about for me. This is for me. Like, I have you guys on because I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy the art, the lost art of conversation. Sitting in a room and talking with somebody with nothing else, even though Devin's been looking at his phone trying to, he's closing, he's closing a couple deals here. I've looked time. less than Aaron. Yes, <laughs> yes. But but that's that, that that's what it is. So uh, that I hope that becomes part of it, that, don't lose the love of, of what you started with for this because that's kind of it is it is difficult to create content when you're not trying to make it a revenue stream. But as long as you keep in focus what it is that brought you to it in the first place, you'll always be there for you. Well, we've had such a good time. It's cool. Almost every conversation, especially with the local dads, one of us might be a friend with someone, and the yeah. other is just kind of acquainted with them. Those have always been great conversations. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to see how we feel about the conversations. If we get a front porch dad who we don't necessarily personally yep. know, yep. would be as interesting or will be a little different. So I, I'm interested to see. I love that your vibe often is just a time capsule. So you are recording an interesting conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah. like my, my biggest episodes have been with Kevin O'Connor mm-hmm. when he retired from Gear West. Iconic bike guy that touched so many people. And he really kind of like just, just like, you know, went away. And he sat down with me for an hour and a half and we just talked. 
And for me, that was special because I got to connect with him. We got to reminisce about some stories. He's an incredible storyteller, and that was a big piece. The other one was um, Nicole Curtis. She's a she's a HGTV reality star, and um, she's been on a couple times, and she has a ginormous following. But again, the thing that happened there was those were conversations. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, like I asked you, I, I keyed up, I wrote three things down on paper. We talked about too, mm -hmm. like and and it really has been what. I consider a joy is just sitting here laughing and talking to you guys. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm going to say thank you for that. Well, thanks, Chris. It, it just kind of piggybacking off that a little bit. The event that we did where we did the, the Lakes and Legends, I was like, okay, there's going to be like two or three people here. I, I literally thought it was going to be us and Ryan, <laughs> but, which would be fine. Love Ryan. It's going to be a good time. Ryan works for the FBI and he's monitoring both of us. <laughs> but the point is... <laughs> The point is, it, it ended up being a, a fair amount of people, and they all, you know, it was it was just again a really good conversation, and it, it really kind of put me back into the space of like you're talking about, where it's like I just want to get back to talking to people yeah. and talking about the things that really matter, and those two things for me happen to be being a cyclist and being a dad. That's awesome. Well, boys, thank you for being on the uh, on the show uh, again. In case you're looking for uh, a way to kill an afternoon. The Cycling Dads podcast can be found on pretty much any streaming platform. It can be found on TikTok, maybe? Not, not yet. Not TikTok, not okay. Yet. Not yet. Uh, but, but look them up. They, uh, they've got some great episodes out there, great content. Um, join one of their rides this summer. And if you uh, need a realtor, I'd, uh, I'm sure I can probably hunt one up at some point. In time. We can find one for you. Yeah, there's someone somewhere. There's some, I, know, I, I know a guy. If you, if you need a chamois, we've got a salesman for that, too. We do podium work, also sports apparel. But real quick, I do need to put a plug in for uh, the team that I, I just recently became president of, Birchwood Bike Team. Ooh, nice. If y'all are looking for a team to get started ra riding, racing, whatever you want to do, we're really we're looking for new members, and we're doing a lot of cool things this next year about inclusivity and getting more people on bikes, and that's really kind of our vibe is just being a, being a really positive cycling community. So we have our copyright every 9 a.m. Sunday. Uh, it's going to be starting in May and running through September, and... Uh, in the meantime, you can just reach out. We got a bunch of uh, Zwift events going on too. Awesome! How would they? How would they reach out? Uh, they can reach out just uh, with uh, Birchwood uh, Bike Team at gmail.com. Okay. Or you can just reach out to us through Instagram, Birchwood Bike. I think it's Birchwood Racing yep. Team on Instagram, and then Facebook. You just look up Birchwood Bike Team. You'll you'll find it. Or just stop in for coffee and lunch and. Uh... Well, it, that's a little bit more <laughs> because of COVID and everything, so we don't really have that going on anymore, but okay. um, they can always just get a hold of me, too, uh, and uh, that's just Aaron at PodiumWare.com, and I'll, awesome. I'll help you out. Awesome. And Devin, you've uh, pimped all your stuff, so we don't need to go over Devin Bonner, Remax Controls, <laughs> serving clients across the Twin Cities. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in one more time uh, for our end-of-the-year podcast. Again, thanks to Aaron and Devin for being here. Um, I will be back with uh, with my regular co-host Gabby uh, on the backside of uh, 2021. We'll be here at 2022. Uh, we look forward to some uh, some new friends, some new guests, and we will uh, wait for you guys there. And in the meantime, be better. <laughs>